Number one, who is Dipper's driving instructor and how the hell can I get him on the phone? Into the Falls, a Gravity Falls podcast. I'm Mary, and I know lots of things. I'm AJ, and I know nothing. This is a podcast where I guide AJ through the wonderful weirdness of Gravity Falls, my favorite show that he has never seen. If you're a new arrival like me, or looking to relive some crazy summer memories, come with us, and let's dive into the falls. AJ... Yeah. You probably know that this show is fairly popular. Yeah. I'm guessing you have a decent amount of friends who watch it. Yeah, I've uh I've seen a lot of people in some of the Discord servers I've been, a lot of the people I follow on Tumblr have talked a lot about Gravity Falls, so I've seen a, a fair bit of it. Fair bit of content. Okay, my first question is why haven't you watched it? <laughs> uh well, I guess I just haven't really had that big of a compelling reason to watch it. Like, it kind of takes me a lot to uh, to really sit down and watch a show. That's really always been the hard part for me. Yeah, no, I, I know that. Um, for some reason right now, there are like a bunch of shows that I'm not caught up on. And I keep telling myself I'm going to set aside, like, I have a lot of free time right now because my work schedule changed. I keep telling myself, like, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to catch up on this show and that show. And then I'm just like, "Eh, I want to watch YouTube, though. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the biggest mood, though? Oh, my goodness. I did just blow through all six seasons of Schitt's Creek in about five days. Oh, nice. So that happened. But that's something, I feel like that show is less something that you really need to pay strict attention to. Um, Like, I was paying attention to it. There is continuity, but it was something where I could just, like, be on my computer while I was watching it. I didn't have to focus all my attention on it. And then, yeah, there's also... For me personally, I find it hard to get into animated shows in modern days that aren't serialized. And it's not, like, the show's fault. It's just, I think, in my head, I'm expecting it to be another Gravity Falls. Because Gravity Falls has been around for so long at this point, and it just, like, it really helped change the landscape. Like, every show after that, we just sort of expected it to be more serialized. And when they're not, it's, like, hard for me to keep my focus on it. Like, I've tried twice now to watch Amphibia, and I know it gets more serialized, but I got, like, halfway through the first season, and I was just like, I can't, I, it's just nothing... It's not that it's nothing. It's a good show. It's just like nothing feels like it's happening. Yeah, I get that. And I guess you could say I'm a little bit on the other side of the spectrum as yeah. far as that, because I actually grew up watching some of the Disney afternoon stuff on uh, on Toon Disney when it was uh, rerunning there. And so I'm kind of used to I kind of actually prefer a little bit some shows where uh, continuity is about as loose as uh as loose as anything like Darkwing Duck you get the pilot and then anything goes from there and I'm kind of more used to that so something like for example DuckTales the new DuckTales it's a little bit hard for uh just thinking about re-watching it because I know that oh I've got to watch this to understand this and then this comes into play and then this comes into play so it's definitely a double-edged sword with uh, animated shows nowadays being a little more serialized, but 
you know, some people like that, some people don't. I I dig the uh, overarching story in some aspects, like watching it in the moment as it's running, which I'm sure you probably felt that way about Gravity Falls. Oh, yeah. And we're going to we're definitely going to talk about that a lot as the show goes on. Like, I'm not going to tell you about any fan theories until we, like, get to the episode where they're confirmed or disproven. Because, like, I kind of grew up with this show. It started around the time I graduated eighth grade, and then it ended my senior year of high school. So I really came of age with it. Yeah, I can definitely identify with the stronger connection to that, the nostalgia. I've never really had a show like that, apart from... I guess you could say Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and maybe to an extent, regular show. I was in, uh, just coming off of middle school, just starting to get into high school when I was watching that. And it was, it was literally unlike anything I had ever seen at that point. Although I kind of stopped watching it after a third season start. That's, that's another one I need to complete regular show. Yeah, I started watching regular show a few years ago, and then I just kind of fell off of it. And again, it wasn't because I didn't like it. It just felt like... It wasn't a big story. Yeah, it's definitely one of those kinds of uh, a story a day kind of kind of shows. Yeah, episodic. And I'm the same way like there. Well, I'm not the same way, but like there are there are a lot of shows like that that I can that I like can't get enough of. Like I'll still watch Darkwing Duck. I'll watch Phineas and Ferb, that sort of thing. And it's nice to it can be nice to just go to those shows and be able to like jump around, just be like, oh, this one looks funny. Oh, this one has this character that I like and these other episodes don't. Like when I was when I first watched Darkwing Duck, I like looked up the episode list on Wikipedia. And if I and if it said that Goslin wasn't in an episode, I I would like put that off until the very <laughs> end because I didn't want to watch one without her in it. Yeah, um, she's really she's the show. I mean, yeah. sorry, Darkwing, blow to your ego, but she is the show. And there's there's some really good episodes without her in it. I just don't find it as interesting without her. Yeah, but like going back to Gravity Falls, the the fan theories and just the fact that I was watching it as it was airing, it's like I talked about this uh, when we did our dinosaurs thing, but it's an experience that I don't think I'll ever have again. And I'm not sure I want to have again. It, it can just be this memory of like, wow, this show was such a unique experience and it came like right as streaming was sort of becoming a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Like this is probably one of the last really popular shows that didn't do the format they do now where the episode will be on demand like at midnight the night before it airs. Like we would just wait for it would just be a set time on a set date and that would be when it aired. And so we had to, if we couldn't make that, we had to just like stay off of social media until we could watch it because it like may or may not have been on, on on demand at that point. You would have to, you would probably have to wait a day after it aired for that. It just feels so different now. Like, I don't think, I don't think there's a single episode of DuckTales that I watched as it aired for the first time. Yeah, I know, right? Except, except for the pilot. But even then, that was when they were doing the 24 hour marathon where they were just repeating it over and over again. And like, I came into the first episode late, so I just kind of stayed after so I could watch the first scene when it started airing immediately <laughs> after it ended. Yeah, I, uh, I watched it. I watched it at midnight. I definitely remember I was working at a movie theater at the time. I definitely remember making the plan in my head like, all right, I'm going to go home. I'm going to make sure my parents are asleep. And then I'm going to go into the living room and I'm going to watch this at midnight when it premieres. And it was like, <laughs> I also remember the first time I, uh, at the very end, Dewey's going through the garage and then you hear him say, mom. mom? And I was like, <gasps> I know. Oh, oh my, my god. god. 
That was just like, oh my God, that changed everything. That was nuts. Um, one time, um, my friend and I were at a vacation house that my parents used to own. And um, they we'd had the house for so long that the TVs didn't have streaming. You would have to like plug something in for them to stream. So we would just kind of flip through and just watch whatever whatever was on. Oh yeah, just like Which, our like, parents. Yeah, we just don't do that anymore. My dad still does that, and I keep and I keep trying to tell him like, Dad, I know you're used to this, but like I can help you with streaming if if you don't know how to use it, and you can just like watch whatever you want. And like he he knows how Netflix works. He knows all of that. He just doesn't feel like bothering with it. Yeah, um, it's definitely something that's like either ingrained into you from the beginning or you just have to learn it. Like my dad recently uh, cut our direct TV and we've gone, uh, we switched to YouTube TV for like the cable channels and stuff. But we got Netflix, we got Hulu, we got Disney Plus, thanks to me. We got, we got it all. Yeah. But what I was saying when we were just like flipping through the channels, we don't get a lot of channels there. It's just like... Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, HBO, we'd get HBO there, but it's in really bad quality for some reason. Because, um, <laughs> you know, they pirated like, out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, we flipped to Disney Channel and the DuckTales pilot was on and we were just like, all right, we'll leave this on. And I had seen it. She had not. She she knew about the original, but she hadn't seen the new one. And we got it in the middle of it. It was just kind of on in the background while we were doing other stuff. And she turned to me. She's like, you know, what's weird. We never find out what happened to their parents. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, that is weird. And then like the ending happened, and she just kind of turned to me, and I was like, "Just wow. you wait." Oh yeah, yeah. And, um, that's how that's, that's how we all knew we were in for a ride. Oh yeah, that was. I remember being so frustrated when like the second episode aired and they didn't bring it up <laughs> until like the one after, and I was just like, "I want to know." Yeah, but, but then um, that season was so messed up as far as airing order. But anyway. Oh yeah. And like, that's something that you really can't do with a lot of shows anymore. Like there are so many animated shows that aired out of production order, you know, D- Darkwing Duck obviously did. Yeah. Uh, Kim Possible. So many episodes aired out of order and even like the pilot and the same thing happened with Darkwing Duck and I imagine a lot of other shows. Um, Cause like the first episode is just kind of like Kim has a crush on this boy and something else happens with like Draken or something. And then like five episodes later, someone brings up the name Dr. Draken and she's like, Dr. Draken, like they don't know who it is. And I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It's also weird when they uh, when they split the pilot, like save the pilots an hour, like with Darkwing, they split it into two episodes for uh, for airing elsewhere, like syndication. And it's just like. Why, why, why would you do that? Yeah, because you can't really air the episodes one without the other. Yeah, really. They're meant to be one package. That's why I have the uh, the VHS tape of the of the pilot. Similarly, I have uh, the Gravity Falls box set on Blu-ray. That's actually like why I got this idea. I was going through all the episode commentaries and then I was trying to get my best friend to start watching it. And, and she was like, OK, but only if you watch this anime that's like around the same number of episodes. And then I fell out of that. <laughs> so I just kind of gave up and I'm like... I want to do a podcast where I rewatch Gravity Falls with someone who has never seen it. And then... AJ answered my prayer. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. And I kind of I couldn't believe that someone in, like, a server for an animated show hadn't seen this. It's just such a weird concept. Like, it's so ingrained with, like, modern animation. It just totally changed everything. Yeah, and, like... Basically how I was with my friend in the DuckTales pilot, that's how I'm going to be with you. I've told you this before, but I want it on the record in the podcast. No matter how accurately you guess a plot point, I'm going to categorically deny everything. 
no matter how simple or how obvious, even if you can, even if I like give it away somehow, like you can tell that I'm denying it, but I'm lying. (laughs) I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything. Absolutely. Everything must be a surprise. I'm sure with a show like this, everything must be a surprise. Yeah. Oh my God. It was just such, such a weird four years to just be on Tumblr and have people being like, I think this is going to happen. I think this is going to I'm like, no, that sounds stupid. And I'm like, no, that would overcomplicate the plot. And then like, oh, they're doing it and it works. Um, <laughs> and like, oh, no, they're not doing that. And fans are angry about it. But I'm like, it wouldn't really make sense. Yeah. And um, we'll get to the specifics of that as we get through the show. But yeah, now I just we've talked about why you haven't watched it. So like, tell me, run me through everything you know about it. Okay. Again, it's not much, but I know there's a brother and sister, Mabel and Dipper Pines, right? Yes. And they, for some reason, they go and uh, they go off for the summer, right? To this little town called Gravity Falls. And they go and live with their great uncle Stan or Grunkle Stan. And he's got this, uh, this weird little antique shop like out in the middle of nowhere in this town, right? And then... Stuff, stuff happens from there. (laughs) Stuff absolutely does happen. You have no idea how much stuff happens. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the basic premise. So before we watch the episode, I want to talk a little bit about my personal history with this show, just like as it was about to air, as the first few episodes were airing. I had sort of a weird reaction to it looking back because because, uh, this came out when I was 14, And I remember, like, around the end of eighth grade, I started getting really into Disney for some reason. I don't remember what what kind of triggered me hyperfixating on that. Sure, was it the all the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff and the Hot Topic? (laughs) No, it was it was just like you know I'm autistic, so I'll like watch an episode of a TV show and like that's my new hyperfixation. So like something happened with Disney, and then that was my special interest for a long, long time, and I still love it. Um, but it's not like my primary, like this is the thing I love more than anything. But I would see ads for Gravity Falls because I would just have Disney Channel on. Even if I didn't like what was playing, I would just have it on for some reason because like this was before streaming was like the go-to. Yeah, and just ads for this show would come up, and I'm like, eh, it's a cartoon show for kids, which is like... A weird reaction for me to have at that time because I was so into Disney movies. So, like, I logically I should have been like, oh, yeah, this might be good. Yeah, but I was like, I didn't think it looked awful, but I didn't, it didn't really catch my interest until I saw this episode. And they did this, they did this dumb thing that I hate when shows do this where they aired the first episode and they were like, it's a sneak peek. And then two weeks later was the official premiere, but it was the second episode. And I think DuckTales did the same thing. So many kids shows did that in like yeah. the early 2010s. Yeah, DuckTales did do that. The pilot was like the sneak peek all the way up in, it was either April or I think it was August. It was beginning August. Of August and then Cause I remember, late September. I remember being home from, I remember being home from college. So it was August. Yeah. And then late September was the quote unquote premiere of the show. Yeah. Cause that, that coincided with the 30th anniversary of the original show, but it's like, you don't need to do this. <laughs> Like, we we know, like, you kind of have to, especially, like, with shows like this, you have to watch the pilot. Yeah. To get what's going on. You could probably piece it together if you didn't, like, but you kind of have to. Yeah. Um, all right, so anything else you want to mention before we watch the episode? Uh, no. Let's, let's just dive right in. 
But first... This episode of Into the Falls is proudly sponsored by goldchainsforoldmen.com, the authority on timeless bling for geezers running out of it. Peruse everything from your classic hook and loops to the new padlock and keychains the kids are talking about. There's also pocket watches, wrist watches, weight watchers, monocles, bracelets, ear hoops, hearing aids, and more. They have styles for every budget, from 24 karat for the one percenters to brass for the thrifty type and even fool's gold and cubic zirconia just for kicks turn on the computer you got from your grandchild double click the internet button and type in goldchainsforoldmen.com and use our code into the falls at checkout for 15% off applicable sparklies that's goldchainsforoldmen.com where you can live out your golden years literally Gold Chains for Old Men is not a real website, and we at Into the Falls are not responsible for you falling for this dumb parody ad. And now a brief recap of Gravity Falls Season 1, Episode 1, Tourist Trapped, aired on June 15th, 2012. The cold open has Dipper and Mabel crash through a billboard in a golf cart while being pursued by a giant monster kept in shadow. Dipper narrates and flashes back to when their parents sent the twins to Gravity Falls, Oregon, to stay with their great-uncle Stan for the summer. Stan has them work at the Mystery Shack, his kitschy tourist attraction where the bread and butter is duping customers with bizarre made-up oddities and cryptids, such as the Sasquatch. Dipper, however, believes that the town does in fact have a strange, possibly supernatural side to it, and when he goes out into the woods to hang up signs advertising the shack, he finds an old journal with a six-fingered handprint and a number three on the cover. There is no evidence as to who wrote it or why, but it's full of paranormal research into the town and includes a warning to trust no one before the pages go blank. Mabel, in the meantime, has managed to get a date with Norman, who Dipper begins to suspect is actually a zombie. He follows them around for a while trying to get evidence and comes out with footage of Norman's hand falling off, at which point he rushes off in the golf cart to save his sister. Norman, to his credit, has every intention of revealing the truth to Mabel, which is that he's actually a group of gnomes stacked on top of each other who want to make her their queen. Shockingly, she's not into it, so they try to kidnap her and form a giant gnome monster after she and Dipper escape. The chase leads them back to the shack where the twins quite literally blow all of the gnomes away with a leaf blower and send them scattering. The episode ends with Dipper writing his own entry in the journal about their gnome encounter, while downstairs, Stan enters a secret passageway behind the gift shop vending machine. First impressions, what did you think? That was... that was really, really good. Like, it was... (laughs) you probably heard me on the stream, there were like a ton of jokes in that episode that I audibly laughed at. Yeah. Like it was, that was, that was really good. I did see you smiling a lot, which I hope wasn't just for my benefit because I was watching you. Nah, Um, that was definitely genuine. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I was having, definitely having a lot of fun with that episode. The biggest thing is I really liked how they twisted the enemy reveal. Like, you know, he builds it up with uh, the zombie and all that, and all the evidence is there. And then, you know, you expect it. You expect for him to be like, yeah, he. this is where he's like a zombie, and this is where we, uh, this is where the action begins. And then it's like, wait, they, they, they are gnomes? Am I, am I going crazy? <laughs> I just didn't expect that, and it was really well done how they did that. Yeah, and that's really just kind of the kind of show this is like they'll have a mystery that's like genuinely well constructed and well executed but it'll just be this insane hilarious 
twist on it. Left hook. Like, it makes total sense for Norman to be a zombie, but then everything we saw also makes sense for him to be a bunch of gnomes stacked on top of each other. It's just not the answer you were expecting. Right. So that... Oh God. And I think that reveal was like, I think that got a lot of people hooked on the show because it was just such a moment of like, this is what this show is. It's like, it's supernatural yeah. stuff, but it's not straightforward what you would expect. It's funny, but it's also intriguing and like you get invested in it and you love these characters. This is such a great introduction to Dipper and Mabel. I have in my notes because I realized Stan isn't in a lot of this one. Yeah, he's a... Uh... He's really only comic relief. Like his yeah. big moment really is only that that ending. Once we've wrapped up Mabel and Dipper for the episode, it's like, okay, now we can explore Stan a little bit. And oh, where's he going? Yeah. <laughs> and I think <laughs> What's that's behind the vending machine. Yeah. And that was another huge thing for the show, because I remember watching that and like I didn't I wasn't 100 percent hooked on the show immediately. I wasn't like, oh, I have to keep watching. But I was kind of like oh, this is different. This is something I haven't really seen an animated show do before. And that was very funny and very charming. And I am interested to see where this goes. Yeah, this for me, this is mom all over again. Like, we got to keep watching now. Yeah. <laughs> and like the du <laughs> the DuckTales pilot was also like very funny and very entertaining. And But it's that one thing at the end that you're like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that's really what that's really what hooked me originally is like how funny the show was, and it's like ev the writing is so good and everything's just so hilarious and just so witty, and then it's like, oh no, oh yeah, and like oh shit, it's about to get real. <laughs> and I am always just amazed at how well this show executed all of its most important elements because the characters are likable and you want you want to see them go through this and like get through it together and kind of come out of it better on the other side but it's also just like the pure mystery element of it is like I have to know yeah but absolutely. like if you didn't have these characters if Dipper and Mabel weren't as well-rounded as they are like there would basically be no show it'd be like okay that's an interesting concept that's like some cool lore stuff but I don't care what happens unless we have some really good protagonists and they do yeah definitely that's really what uh what drives the show like i've i keep coming back to ducktales but huey dewey and louie expanding their personalities the way that they did gives them compelling uh characteristics gives them compelling personalities it makes you want to see them succeed and uh keep watching their adventures just like with uh just like with mabel and dipper and it definitely makes you want to know what happened to mom um <laughs> <laughs> and like, Absolutely. I think that that one worked for so many reasons, because it's just a question that people have had for decades now that like didn't really need to be answered. Like we get it. It's just they're cartoon characters. They exist to be f little foils for Donald. But we're in we're at a point now where we can make this really serialized so we can answer that question. We can talk about where their mom went. Yeah, and it's the same sort of thing. It's like, it's just firing on all cylinders. Like, you're interested in the story and you're interested in how that's going to impact the characters personally. Yeah, totally. Like, these kids don't know that their uncle has some kind of some kind of big secret. There's something hidden behind his vending machine. They think it's just this cheap, kitschy gift shop, but there's something going on and they have absolutely no idea. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the book, like, that's the catalyst for this whole thing. Why was it there yeah. what's a remote control doing in some 
fake tree and why is there a number three on it? Is there a number two and a number one I should be knowing about? Like, what's the deal here? Yeah, that's also such a good reveal because like he's he finds that book and it's like covered in dust and cobwebs and it's this, in this hidden compartment in the forest. And it's like, what is this thing? Why is it here? Who wrote this? Why? What happened to them? And like, that's obviously something that goes through the entire show is trying to figure that out. But yeah, that's kind of the moment where you're like, oh, this isn't like this isn't another Phineas and Ferb or fish hooks, whatever else was on at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, and this like, ain't no freaking uh, Disney Channel live action sitcom that they make 10 of and uh, have massive success with. No, this we're doing something different here. This is definitely something a little left of center. Yeah, and it's something that doesn't talk down to kids. It doesn't kind of condescend to its audience. Like, kids can watch it and they can love it. Um, I work in daycare and I've met a lot of kids who loved it. And when I said that it was my favorite show, they were they were just, like, so hyped. They were, like, so excited to be able to talk about it with a grown-up. Um, and suddenly I was, like, the cool the cool daycare worker for, like, five minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, definitely something I appreciate with uh, with uh, kids shows that can appeal to uh, that can appeal to adults as well. It's why I kind of prefer to call those like family shows. Yeah. You know, it's it's not really for kids. Yeah. Family show is something like Gravity Falls where everyone can enjoy it. It's the same thing with movies. A kid's show is like something for preschoolers like educational it's mickey mouse clubhouse yeah it's uh it's freaking octonauts it's freaking all those all those shows yeah and it's the... not it's not that like one type of show is better than the other it's just like this is the kind of show where anyone can get into it yeah that's really the power of these kinds of shows you'd normally look at something like this or maybe something like ducktales and it's like oh that's for kids what are you doing watching it and i'm like no there's these compelling characters and there's this big overarching story and it's like it's amazing yeah it's so much more than just a kid show yeah and um and i think it's good for kids to have this sort of thing that they can go back to and be like they enjoyed it on a surface level when they were younger, like they liked the jokes and the animation, but then they like maybe go back to it. Hell, they could go back to it nowadays because like if you were a kid when this aired, you're probably like a teenager now and you can just go back to him like appreciate it so much more because it's so well constructed and well executed and the characters are great because they're just they're kind of based in reality. Like we we know people like this and obviously it's heightened because it's a cartoon, but it's there's so much love put into it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really when you know something holds up is when you can go back and, oh, I remember that show. What? Let me re-experience it a little bit. And then you realize, whoa, how did I miss this? Like you rediscover stuff that you didn't uh, notice about a show before. And you're like, oh my gosh, I love it so much more now. Like, that's when you know it's a really, really good thing. Yeah, and, like, the shows we keep going back to are, like, DuckTales, Phineas and Ferb, Kim Possible. Phineas and Ferb and Kim Possible were on when I was a kid, and, like, you revisit them now, and they hold up really well. Like, they're very clever. They're very well-written. The characters are identifiable. It's such an art that just goes unappreciated, because it's like, oh, it's a kid's show. It's, like, cute, funny, but, like, there's so much effort that goes into it. Yeah, really. A lot of people don't realize is that, yeah, it's a kid's show, but kids don't make this. Grown-ups put a lot of effort to really make a good show really worth watching by not just kids, but adults as well. And then it's like, some people are like, oh, it's a kid's show. It's just something to distract them while you're doing your grown-up stuff. But it's like, you just they just got to realize that it's so much more 
than that with with shows like this. Yeah. And like even before they started getting really serialized, like stuff like Darkwing Duck, there's a lot of effort put into that. It's a very clever show. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And like the original DuckTales, really, when it came out, there was nothing really like that on TV. And then it comes out and then we get this wave of all these new animated shows. We get stuff like Tiny Toons. We get the Disney Afternoon. We get Animaniacs. We get Batman, the animated series. And it's like, it's just one of those shows where everything changes. Yeah. And I think, I'm not sure if Gravity Falls was specifically the catalyst for this sort of era. I think there were a few more shows on at the time. I think Adventure Time really started the sort of cartoon renaissance that we're in right now. Because yeah, that was... I, would, I totally agree. Yeah, because that was just something that hooked a lot of people. And then, like, there was regular show. There were a few other things on at the time that I can't really think of right now. But Gravity Falls was the one where it's like, we can tell a big story with this. Like, you don't have to, and a lot of shows don't. Like, I don't think Big City Greens has any, like, huge... I know there was, like, a big, like, two-parter that just happened. There was, like, a season cliffhanger or something. But for the most part, that's, like, a pretty episodic show. And, like, you can still do that. And you can make that very clever and funny and accessible to kids while still appealing to adults gravity falls just kind of started this trend of like you can go even deeper than that if you want to if it's the kind of show where that would work and like really the strength isn't in the serialization it's in the characters this one just happened to execute both very well like when i was watching star versus the forces of evil um a lot of times during the last two seasons or so i was just thinking like i would watch these characters just play charades for an episode And like, there's no conflict. I would just watch them hang out because they're so enjoyable. Uh, And it and it doesn't help that uh, (laughs) the last season wasn't very good plot wise. (laughs) That's what I've heard on Tumblr. Like there was there was some interesting stuff in it. There was some very good stuff, but it just kind of fizzled out. And I was just like, "Mm." but like you remember those characters, you remember their relationships. Yeah, I think that's how a lot of fans start making fan content. Is like these characters stick in their into their mind and then it's like hey i want to do more stuff with them i want to see more stuff with them i could watch them do this i could and then you're just down the rabbit hole and then you just got to create and then it's it's glorious for every fan out there that sees your stuff like that's how i got back into writing fan fiction that's why fan fiction exists it's like you want to see more of them or you want to see more of this element that you think the show should have explored more and Like, a lot of the time when I write fanfic, it's just, like, slice-of-life stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't write anything with, like, a huge plot going on. It's just slice-of-life with these characters because I I enjoy them and I miss being able to watch them. And so I like being able to kind of challenge myself to be, like, to write for them, to have these new sort of situations that probably wouldn't happen on the show because they're not huge, high-stakes adventures. But, like, yeah, like, if you're invested in the plot but not the characters your fans probably aren't gonna write fan fiction about it (laughs) yeah like at most they'll do an au where they take other characters and put them in this situation yeah or if the ending was crap they'll just uh fix it up and then it's like yeah we can put this on the shelf now yeah (laughs) just like it's done i've i've said my piece yeah so We've talked a lot about the audience, the appeal. Let's talk about the episode itself. Yeah, like I said, it was really, really funny. And I just from the beginning, I really liked what they were doing. You just set up this nice picnic little scene. It's welcome to Gravity Falls. That's a great way to just start the whole thing off. And then BAM! You just you just freaking running through the sign, right in the middle of the action. You don't know what's going on. And then it's like the 
oh, you're probably wondering how this happened. Yeah, well, (laughs) scratch. Yeah, I just love how they did that. And then it's like, okay, now we can start building the uh, building the story from here. Yeah. And that's something that I think doesn't work in a lot of stories, like starting it um, in media res and then going back and seeing how we got there. Like it can work and it definitely does here because where else are you going to start it? Honestly, like, no, you have to tell the audience right away. This is the kind of show it is. It's not this mellow thing. It's this kind of chaotic, adventurous thing. But it doesn't start out that way for the characters. They think it's just going to be the super boring summer. And if that's what we're watching in the beginning, then it's like, why should I why should I care? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Dipper is voiced by Jason Ritter, uh, who's the son of John Ritter. He I haven't seen him in a ton of other stuff. I know he was in Freddy and Jason, Freddy versus Jason. Uh, he was in Frozen 2. He had a cameo in the Wicker Man remake for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Nicolas Cage one? Yeah. But uh, something oh boy. something I recently learned he was in, I was aware of this movie, but I had no idea what it was actually about or that he was in it. He was in a movie called Raise Your Voice with Hilary Duff. Hmm. Do you know that? I don't, but I know Hilary Duff. Yeah, it came out um, in 2004, I think. And I remember seeing... Oh, yeah, this is deep in the in the Lizzie McGuire stuff. Yeah, and it's not really a kid's movie. Um, it's like a teen drama I remember seeing ads for it, but I don't think I ever actually saw it. Actually, Kat Dennings is in it, too. But I watched a YouTuber do a rundown of the movie, kind of a review. um, And Jason Ritter is in that. He plays the main character's older brother, and he dies in, like, the first act. So (laughs) the rest of the movie is, like, she's in this music program, but she's also trying to come to terms with the death of her brother and I feel so bad for this but um (laughs) he dies in a car accident because they get hit by a drunk driver and it's just like a head a shot head-on of them in the windshield as they're about to be hit and I'm just thinking like you record scratch and you do like (laughs) they literally did that with this opening for this episode yeah I just want to edit that clip and like put in Dipper's voice being like you're probably wondering (laughs) how we got into this yeah yeah. And uh, speaking on the voice, it's really interesting to also see this trend in uh, animated shows nowadays where, uh, you know, the kids are kids, but they don't sound like kids. Yeah. Like this is I think it was the little masked a little better, say, in DuckTales. But then, you know, the voice cast for DuckTales was just amazing. Freaking SNL alums, David Tennant. You know, how do you top that? But then it's like, I don't hate it here. I still like it. And the voice work is great. It's just a little, uh, it's just still a little disconcerting to hear uh, Dipper, this kid, and be like, hey. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little weird. Little, just tiniest bit weird to me. So actually, Jason Ritter and Kristen Shaw were both cast because they have these sort of aff- affectations, I don't know if that's the right word, in their voices that ha- that they've just had since they were kids. Like Jason Ritter has a natural voice crack and Kristen Schaal, of course, has that very distinctive voice that we hear in everything she's in. I think if you're going to get adults to play kids, they did a pretty good job here. Although that could just be the fact that I've been watching the show for nine years and I'm very much used to it. With DuckTales, I think it probably also took me a minute to get used to it. Because like logically, you know, like that's not a kid's voice. But then like the more you watch it, you're like, yeah, that's that character. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if you've seen the original DuckTales where, you know, that's that was the era of funny voices like, hey, Uncle Scrooge. And then you go to, let's do it. Yeah. And then you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely something to get used to. And I really like the uh, the voices. And I mean, 
how does uh how does Alex Hirsch do that with his voice with uh with with Grunkle Stan like his delivery is uh very very on point with this well apparently it was like really hard to keep that up in recording because it would like hurt your throat um uh yeah but that's why jim cummings uh can't do negaduck all that long oh yeah he's (laughs) he's gonna he that's gonna uh yeah but i mean it's all worth it for the perfect take you know yeah um so alex hirsch uh the stan voice is actually an impression of his grandpa um, who, he, uh, who he based a lot of the character nice. on. Um, he based Dipper mainly on himself. Mabel was his twin sister, Ariel. A lot of people in the show are based on people he knew, and then they kind of grew into their own individual characters. Um, like, Seuss was based on, I think, someone he knew in college who just kind of talked <laughs> like that and had that kind of personality. So, again, that's him doing an impression of his friend. And then, like, he's playing the gnomes, and, like, as this show goes on, you are going to become very familiar with his voice to the point where, like, you'll hear an incidental character say one line, and you're like, that's him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I hope so. It's always nice uh, getting in tune with that and being able to pick out. Like, I come back to Jim Cummings. I've heard him so much just because he's done so much voice work for Disney. Like, I can can pretty much pick out, oh, that sounds like Jim Cummings. Yeah, and, like, both of them kind of... Both of them kind of do a very wide variety of voices. The variety gets a little more narrow with Alex Hirsch because there are only so many voices you can do. Yeah, I don't know if you saw my eyes kind of widen when you mentioned he was the gnomes, but I was like, he was the gnomes? No, like, I, I had see no that. idea. I wish I had. <laughs> yeah, no, he was uh, the gnomes, and that's probably the closest voice in this episode to his natural voice. Um, if you hear him just talking, you're like, oh, yeah, of course he played them. And like, you're going to hear more characters who you're like, oh, that that kind of sounds like this other character. That's probably Alex Hirsch. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely excited to sort of play that game. Yeah, you can definitely tell that this aired in 2012. Like it holds up. I think it's going to continue to hold up. But like you see Mabel putting up posters in her room and like that's clearly supposed to be Justin Bieber. And like she's <laughs> like, oh, do you think he's a vampire? And they're doing like the oh, Twilight yeah. scene. It's yeah, I definitely laughed at that. Like, I could definitely pick up, yeah, this was the Twilight era of uh, of YA stuff, and they were definitely riffing on that. And I kind of... I didn't notice the Justin Bieber poster. I should go back and look for that. Yeah, that's like uh, the first time you see them in the attic, she's like putting up a poster, and there's just a guy like with the kind of mop haircut. Uh, the swoop? Yeah. Yeah. And um, that, that was all the rage. Oh, yeah, that was so... And like the Jonas Brothers had those haircuts for a long time. I think just Joe Jonas had it. But um, yeah, I remember watching that and just being like, yeah, of course, they're going with the Twilight reference. But now it's just kind of this charming like, oh, I remember that. I remember when everyone was making fun of Twilight. Um, Yeah, definitely. I remember when hating on Justin Bieber was cool. Yeah, that was just that. That was what gave you the edge is if you called him gay, if you called him a girl. If you yes. just oh my gosh, <laughs> that that's so wrong, but it takes me way back. Yeah, like, like... it's not it wasn't. <laughs> right for people to use those as insults but that's just kind of what we were doing moral of the story kids are fucked up yeah (laughs) yeah so the gnome thing i remember watching that and like it did get me it caught me by surprise and i was just kind of like oh yeah and there's like a tiktok by oh i forget the guy's name but he does a lot of really weird stuff that's just so funny and he's doing like someone's on a blind date and they're like, oh, hi, uh, Acorn, right? And they're like, yeah, Acorn. And just like, so what do you do? And they're just like making conversation and the guy's trying to hide the fact that he's actually like a bunch of gnomes stacked, stacked in a trench coat and someone like reblocked it. And as a joke, they were like, oh, haha, what episode of Gravity Falls is this? And someone was like, it's literally the first one. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. Like, you know, you, you, you hear a lot of that with shows nowadays. Like, you know, they'll twist this way and then they'll twist the other. And some people are down with it and some fans are really not. Like, I mean, Game of Thrones is kind of famous for twisting people's legs in kind of the wrong way and then it's like you know I'm aware of that now but I'm sure people were not aware of that back then probably saw this and was like oh a show can do that yeah and then of course everybody's doing it nowadays and it's not even just like having a plot twist it's just having this thing that you wouldn't have expected but it fits so well in the show and it just matches that tone perfectly yeah like Going back to it, I knew the twist was coming, but then you don't expect him to be a bunch of gnomes in a trench coat and not really a zombie. That's that's just what's so great about it. You know the twist is coming, and then they twist you anyway. <laughs> yeah, and that's like something that every good mystery does is like you have these questions and these clues, and then you have a logical answer that makes sense, but isn't the real answer and then you get to the real one and it also makes sense but it's something you wouldn't have thought of yeah that's really definitely the genius you could say of the amount of writing that's put into this show and other shows like ducktales you go back and you see kind of the amount of work crews like this put into this and then you're like wow like so much thought goes into these like little things, these little twists, these little serializations that continue throughout the season. And you could just appreciate the show so much more for that. Yeah. And again, Gravity Falls was really one of the first ones to do that. And then we all just kind of started expecting it, cause probably because we wanted another Gravity Falls. We wanted another experience like this. And there are other shows that where we're making fan theories and we're speculating about this and that. But it's we all just kind of looked to Gravity Falls like that was the first one. That was where this all started. And there's never going to be another show like that, probably because it came out right before the advent of streaming and we would have to wait for a certain date and time to air it. And then we would all watch it at the same time. And like, I remember when season two was airing, I would come down here to the basement like a few minutes before and I would just kind of like scroll through my phone until it was about to start. And then when like the bumper came on, saying that it was about to, I would, I would just like, there were some episodes where I want, I didn't want to miss anything at all. So I would like throw my phone across the room basically. And just like my eyes would just be locked on the TV. I'm like, I can't miss any of this because everything is going to be important in some way or another, or someone's going to speculate that it's important. I'm going to be like, wait, what? I didn't see that. Is that, is that going to be a thing? Um, (laughs) so, um, I totally get that. It's like, uh, it's like our parents, Watching these uh, shows in primetime, it's like television was an event. Like, it's gone down a little bit with the advent of streaming. Like, we can put on a show anytime we want. We can binge it. We can get through it. But nah, back then, it's, it was like, we're sitting down at this particular time on this particular channel, and we're going to experience this together. Like, I think that air is going away with streaming, and I think from the sounds of it, Gravity Falls is definitely one of the last shows to really take advantage of that television as an event scheduling that we were so used to. Yeah, and like, speaking of scheduling, this show, in that regard, was just so all over the place, and we were always so mad about it. There were so many hiatuses, and it would be like, there was no consistent air date. It wasn't like, it's going to be on Mondays, and at eight o'clock 
It was just like, here you're probably going to get like one or two episodes this month airing on the same weekday. And then like three months later, we'll maybe get another episode. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so frustrating. Before Steven Universe angered the world, there was Gravity Falls. Well, it was like around the same time. It was around the same time because Steven (laughs) Universe came out like one year after this. Yeah, but that gave us a lot of time to speculate and like talk about. yeah, I'm sure. Like, okay, what do we know? How does it connect to this? How is it going to, what can we, what fan theory does this line up with? And there were some really dumb ones. There were some really dumb fan theories that I'm going to tell you about at a later date because I don't want to spoil it because like even the dumbest thing, I don't want you to have any idea that like, oh, this (laughs) definitely isn't going to happen. God, it was so dumb. (laughs) I bet it was, I was bet it was fun. Y'all just being webby, making your making your cork board yeah. of the whole McDuck family. Yeah, we had the, and we had then the red like, yarn going through all these. <laughs> yeah. Who's the evil one? <laughs> that actually kind of connects to a really dumb fan theory that people had, but I'm not going to tell you about that like, right now. Oh. Yeah, but like even that, there were characters where we were like, what is their deal? Especially with Stan, we were just spending the whole, the whole show trying to figure out like, what is behind that vending machine? What is he doing? Is he a good guy or a bad guy? What is his deal we want to know yeah there's definitely something down there yeah yeah there is um (laughs) i I just gave away a plot point potentially well i mean he's going down there for a reason yeah uh it's not just it's it's not just his hidden stash of snacks or something like that although looking at him he could probably do without maybe it it is maybe it is i'm not gonna tell you but um yeah i mean it's a chekhov's gun situation like you've established that so like something's gonna happen with it i'm gonna be as as vague as possible about what it is yeah so i want to ask just blanket where do you think the show is gonna go from here if you had to guess something like something you notice in this episode do you think like this or that is gonna be important later or what or like Hmm. how do you think this is gonna affect their dynamic these mysteries okay well, the vending machine bit is, I can imagine it being hidden like pretty well throughout it. I bet it's probably going to come into play later on, like maybe mid-season, I would guess. And then I think from then uh, till now, I think Dipper's going to get really focused into this book and start exploring it, like figure out some of these other creatures. And I bet you each episode is probably going to focus on one of these creatures and how they, uh, how Mabel and Dipper deal with them. Maybe, uh, maybe some new friends are going to come into play. That seems like a very, uh, those are basically my predictions. Well, I can, I can probably tell you there are going to be other characters. Like you're, you're kind of going to broaden the scope of this town and everyone there and how they play into this and that. Yeah. Definitely. That's definitely a prediction because obviously the town is not the mystery shack. Yeah. Or the or the woods. There's got to be more to this that warrants writing this book or the two others that may or may not be in play here. Yeah. And you really like you can't introduce the book and establish that the characters are living in this little cabin with like that's this dumb tourist trap and then like that's just the setting for the whole show like you you gotta explore the rest of this town and like see what's waiting there and definitely the book like you can't introduce that book and then not go back to it now that's uh i go back to ducktales again but that's the mom this is everything's i think the plot of this whole season is going to focus on that book and unlocking every secret unlocking every uh every thread just really delving in and see what this book has to say to these two characters. Yeah. And um, that's going to be like the show is really focused on these two characters and their relationship uh, and how they kind of deal with these things. 
because like you can yeah. tell Mabel is a lot more easygoing, but Dipper like really wants to know and he really wants to be heard and he wants people to believe him about this. And they they just have such a great dynamic and you're going to see a lot more of it. And I th- I think you're really going to like this. Yeah, I'm I'm ex- I'm hooked. I think I'm hooked. I'm excited to see where this goes. Yay! Yeah, how about we uh, do like a formal outro for this? Okay, Uh, that sounds like just a roundabout way of saying you want me to tell you what the next episode is. (laughs) I'll tell you the title. I will tell you nothing else. The title is Legend of the Gobblewonker. And we are going to get AJ's response to that one next time on Into the Falls. This has been Into the Falls. You can find me at Mabel Page Pines on Twitter and Instagram. That's Mabel P-A-G-E Pines. I'm also May Page on YouTube and Film Knife on Medium and WordPress. That's where I post my film reviews and essays, editorials, etc. You can follow the show on Twitter at The Falls Cast, all one word, and Into the Falls Podcast on YouTube. And I will hand it off to AJ. My fandom of choice is Disney Ducks and their many spinoffs, so for lots of that, follow me on Twitter at AJ underscore the underscore blue jay or tumblr at aj dash the dash blue jay into the falls is hosted and produced by mary mckeon and aj sanchez with music by kevin mcleod thanks for listening and until next time trust no one